What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Yo, 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 what's good, y'all? I'm back here on another episode, and I'm doing something that I don't usually do. I am actually live right now on my Instagram, uh, and I'm allowing people to catch into the content uh, before it is actually released. So, yeah, I'm really excited about that. I feel like this topic is going to be very, very relatable, but I honestly believe that a lot of people are going to be offended by this, depending on their perspective, uh, depending on, you know, upbringings and things of that nature. Um and cultures, because when you are endowed in culture, um, it can affect your perspective. But that's okay, because we're going to step into the kingdom culture here tonight. And not tonight, today. And real quick, I'm going to close the door to my room because the smoke alarm is going off. And for some reason, the battery keeps dying. So yeah, I don't want this to keep getting in the podcast. So y'all give me a second. Ah, Okay, I'm back. So now we could really get into this. So today I'm going to be debunking of this perspective that Christians have to be poor. Um, I think I'm going to name this podcast. There's nothing wrong with being saved and having money. And when I say money, I don't just mean like no chump change. I mean like having well-off finances for you. And I have scripture to prove it. Um, I, I have scripture to prove it. And because we have this facade or this perspective that because we are saved, filled with the Holy Ghost and are called, you know what I'm saying, to transform the world, that we should not, you know, have any money or finances. And it's the devil. It's a demon. And I'm here to debunk this. Um, now, this is what I will say. My 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 objective in this episode is not to teach you how to get wealth. Because I don't consider myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't consider myself someone qualified to be a wealth teacher yet. I should not be a wealth teacher yet because I don't believe I have the fruit to, you know, start a class or teach a course on how to gain wealth. What I am here to do today is to provoke your perspective on having wealth as a kingdom citizen. I am here to provoke your perspective and I'm here to debunk any belief that has been initiated by the spirit of poverty to invade your mindset. And so, yeah, we're going to really get into this. So first things first, there are many um, misinterpretations of scripture. Um, and there are many things that have been dragged that are not related to what the Lord is saying concerning to um, his kingdom. I want to, I want to, <clears throat> I want to bring first things first, right? Let's, let's go to the perspective of what it means to bring heaven on earth. If we are called to bring heaven here on earth, that means every aspect of heaven should be initiated on earth through us, okay? So we believe this when it comes to the casting out of devils. We believe this when it comes to healing and miracles. We believe that when it comes to even preaching the gospel and allowing Jesus to be glorified. But why don't we believe this when it comes to the finances? I have scripture to prove this. I'm just going to ask, you know, some rhetorical questions and I'm going to just let you sit on it. Is there financial freedom in heaven? 
And do we have scripture to prove it? Are there mansions in heaven? And do we have scripture to prove it? Do you get what I'm saying? There is scripture that proves that there is wealth in heaven. The streets are paved with gold, my God. And there's scripture to prove that there are mansions in heaven, okay? Now, this is not saying that we need to only be bringing mansions and gold, you know what I'm saying, from heaven. But what I'm saying is heaven is a rich and wealthy kingdom. It is a rich and wealthy kingdom. And so if we are called to bring heaven here on earth, then we should not, we should not um, exclude finances because that doesn't make any sense because God would not be truly who he was if he was not a king of wealth. In scripture, you will never see a broke king. Even the kings of this world have bread. So how much more would the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Do you understand what I'm saying? If we are his children, why in the world that if he is if he is rich and he is wealthy and we are his descendants and we have an inheritance? It's not just spiritual. It's also physical. Right. This like this is biblical and I have scriptures to prove it. And the reason why I'm honing in on this is because I feel like the church is really trying to get gripped by a poverty mindset, not just in finances, but in our walk with Christ. And what I mean by that is a lot of Christians nowadays, they are okay with the bare minimum in their walk with Christ. They are okay. Like, for example, and, and I'm going to get into the fact that there has been a lot of manipulation and that there has been a lot of uh, perversion when it comes to offerings, because I'm not going to sit there and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and act like it doesn't exist. But the problem is, is with the church, because we see perversion exercised in an area that God designed for us to truly inherit. We now no longer want to be involved in it. So because we see a false prophet try to take up an offering or a quote unquote apostle take up an offering and they decide to play with the crowd's money. And instead of actually using that money for advancement of the kingdom of God, they buy a Porsche or a Mercedes. We now think that God wants us to be poor now. So what happens is, is because you was in a service when you were 17 or 20 years old and a prophet decided to manipulate you into giving him $500. Now, whenever somebody mentions sowing a seed or giving an offering, we now take that as you're trying to coerce me. You are trying to take my money. You are trying to um, deceive me into taking my money when that's not necessarily what this is. If you look at it from a biblical perspective, this is why education is important, because you need to know what you're talking about. I would hear consistently day in and day out, bro, that Christians, you know what I'm saying? And offerings and things of that nature is not valuable and God does not care about it. And, da, 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 and that's not scriptural at all. Like it's literally contrary to scripture. It's contrary to scripture for poverty to rule us. If you look all throughout scripture, you can't prove it. There, there's one scripture that says that um, foxes have nests. I'm sorry, birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. What people use that scripture to do is they use it to quote unquote prove that Jesus was broke and homeless. 
when that's not scriptural. Jesus was a carpenter. And, and we even see in Matthew chapter six, if you read in Matthew chapter six, we all know the verse, Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all of these things will be added unto you. You do realize that things, it's referring to the previous things that were listed earlier in the chapter, such as what you will eat, what you will drink, where you will live. The physical needs of the human life will be established by seeking God and his kingdom. So let's get into scripture because I'm not going to talk too much because I know a lot of people disagree with this. Very, very first scripture. Deuteronomy chapter eight, verses 18. It says, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to you as it is this day. So, I'm sorry, swore to your fathers as it is this day. God gives us power to obtain wealth, right? And like I said, wealth is not just money, but we're not also excluding money from the wealth that God gives us the ability to obtain, okay? We can use the wealth and the finances that God is or is going to bless us with to expand his kingdom. For example, plenty of people desire to feed the homeless, to shelter the homeless. That costs money. You're not going to get a bunch of clothes from, for homeless people for free. It costs money to do stuff like that. It costs money to initiate programs to help homeless people get off of their feet that's not free in order for you to help the homeless you need money you can't sit here and prophesy and give the word to a give the word of the lord to a homeless person when you can't even feed them when you can't make sure that they have a place to lay at night right these things take money how else is the church's lights gonna stay on it takes money the Bible says in Ecclesiastics, money answers all things, right? And the reason why I'm stirred is because this is just a personal testimony for me. <clears throat> my father is a pastor, right? My mother's father was a pastor. Something that her and I would consistently hear is because somebody is a pastor or because somebody is a church leader, they should not be making a certain amount of money. Now, first things first, I just want to say this. We have people like T.D. Jakes. We have people, I won't even name any other names, right? But we have men and women of God that are prosperous, that are leaders in God's church. And whenever they have money, <clears throat> it's always side-eyed. It's a poverty mindset when it comes to being an ambassador for God that makes us think that we could be any other occupation except a minister and have, you know, resources financially. It doesn't make sense to me. As a matter of fact, in the scripture it says, Paul said in the scripture, we are sowing spiritual things into you. How much more would it be for us to reap your physical things? So what this is showing me in the scripture is Paul is saying the spiritual poor that we are giving you is worth countless amounts more 
of the financial poor that you could give back to us. When we look at things that way, we will understand how God's kingdom is supposed to flow. There's a scripture in Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verses 19. It says, a feast is made for laughter, and when wine maketh merry, but money answers all things. Let me tell you something. We are called to affect the world. We are called to affect society. Now, I don't know where this demonic notion thinks that when we were charged and quickened to win souls for Christ, that the souls of the people that we were winning are all broke. Because there's rich people that don't know Jesus either. So. How do we approach them? How do we open the door for them to hear what we have to say? If we don't have the resources to back up the life that we claim to live. I know people don't like this, but what I'm saying is when it comes to money and when it comes to finances, in order to reach the CEOs and, and, and the bank tellers, because God cares about them, too. And the lawyers and the engineers and the doctors, God cares about those people, too. It's not just the crack addict on the street that doesn't have any money, but he wants the CEO of Nike saved. Come on. He wants the lawyers and the doctors and the engineers saved just as much as he wants the, the criminal that may have robbed a bank. His arm is not too short that he is not able to save. That means anybody that the Lord wants to save by our cooperation should be within his reach. Amen. And so doctors, lawyers, people in distinguished areas of society are not going to want to listen to you if you ain't got the money or the fruit to back it up. And honestly, if I could just be honest with you, one of the ways that you testify of your fruit that the God that you serve and the life that you live and the strategy that you could bring. One of the ways to prove that the fruit is there is the finances that back you. You got all the answers. You got all the solutions. You got all the wisdom in the world, right? But how that account looking? You have so much to say. You have so much wisdom. You, ha you have so many answers to the problems that are going on in my life. But you don't have the finances to trickle behind you to show that you do. What sense would it make for somebody who is still in a rough financial situation to be talking about how to become a millionaire? That's why when I told when I told you guys in the beginning of this podcast, my objective is not to teach you how to get wealth, because I don't believe with my situation right now that I am qualified to be sitting as a teacher of wealth. That's not what my goal is. My goal is to provoke you and change your perspective because if your perspective is changed, then you will hunt for the correct information that can make you wealthy. So you can hunt for the plugins that can give you the knowledge and the wisdom to obtain wealth. Amen? I'm trying to shift your perspective now. Who God. I hope this is making sense. Right. So let's get into this. Another scripture that is proving my point. Proverbs chapter 10 verses 22. Listen, I just want to say I love y'all because I just came from an event and I'm sitting here in my shirt and my tie and my dress slacks because of how stirred I was to make this episode. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 10 verses 22. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And he addeth 
no sorrow with it. I want to say it again. The blessing of the Lord maketh rich and he addeth no sorrow to it. I don't know how much more clear we can get. The Bible even says, if you're faithful over few things, I will make you ruler over many. Why do you think all throughout the Bible, we see plenty of rich men, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Do you realize that when we say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the similarity in their lifestyles, if you study their life, it wasn't just the fact that they were in the same bloodline. It was the fact that the same level of prosperity followed each and every one of them. So when we say that we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we serve a God who loosed prosperity on these men generationally. I'm trying to get you to understand the terms uh, of what we are saying and what it means. Do you know Abraham had so many camels? Look, y'all, I'm looking it up right now. Bro, 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 bro. Listen here. I want you guys to understand the meaning of this, okay? Abraham, one of the... <laughs> what, bro? And the reason why I'm laughing so much and the reason why I am like really going in and turning up is because the idea that Christians are supposed to be poor is so counter scriptural, bro. Like I can give you so many scriptures that counteract that. You know what people will say? They will say they will pull scriptures like a man is supposed to be, you know, humble. He's supposed to be meek. He's not supposed to be prideful. Who said that you have to be poor in order so that way you can be humble? As a matter of fact, one of the ways that people are arrogant, like it leads to poverty. Arrogance can lead to poverty. Not necessarily that when you look at somebody, um, when you look at somebody prideful, not necessarily does this mean that they have money. One of the evidence of their pridefulness is them being broke. <laughs> bro, this is what I'm saying. Like, there is so much scripture, bro, that proves this. Let's think of Abraham, right? Now, if you look in the book of Genesis, Abraham had mad camels. That's a fact that I know. There is some, there, like, there, if you look in the scripture, we can see that Abraham had many camels. Many camels, right? If you look, bro, if you look, at how much camels were worth, bro. I'm looking at the price right now. This is what it says right now. Uh, at least, you know what? Matter of fact, let's 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 take it deeper. Because I just want people, I really want people to see. Um, I really want people to see. So, you know what? It's not showing up, so we'll look at this. The price of a camel, bro can be between, it can be around 20K. I'll just leave it at that. A price of a camel can be around $20,000, bro. <laughs> and Abraham owned many of them. So 
the reason why I'm saying all this is like I said, I'm throwing Bible because this is not no. Like you like eat <sighs> Bro. <sighs> Sorry. I'm just I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to stay with it. It's 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 a toxic mindset that is infecting the body of Christ, bro. And it's keeping us it's 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 limiting the reach that God desires for the earth. Because if we're called to different sectors and different spheres of society, how can we infiltrate those things if we don't have the fruit slash finances to follow us? You got to remember, these people are not filled with the Holy Ghost. They're not saved. So if you if you are not in a um, feasible financial situation, they they're not going to want to listen to you. Seriously. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we have another scripture, another scripture, bro. Another scripture. Luke chapter six, verses 38. Now, let me just look this up to just make sure that what I'm about to say is accurate, because if what I'm if this is true, then this just puts everything into perspective, bro. Oh, whoops, wrong app. Y'all just y'all just forgive me. Y'all stay with me. This is seeming more so like a sermon than a podcast, if I could just be real, but that's all right. We're gonna we gonna roll with the punches. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Bro! Sorry. I'm losing my cool. So I just wanted to verify that Jesus said this, bro. Now don't get me wrong, the entire the entire Bible is the infallible word of God. So I believe that whether if it's red letters or not, I take it as Jesus was speaking. OK, I take scripture as scripture. Right. So if Paul wrote something, it is the law that we ought to live by in our hearts. It is it is the Holy Spirit through Paul that wrote scriptures. Amen. Because you have a lot of people that believe like, oh, Paul wrote this, not Jesus or the Holy. So that was Paul. That wasn't the Holy. No, like if Paul wrote it, Timothy First Peter, it don't matter. Like anything in the Bible is from God directly. And that's how we should take the scriptures. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, but these are red letters, bro. Luke chapter six, verses 30, 38. Luke chapter six, verse 38. It says, give and it will be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom bro this is what jesus said bro <laughs> look this is proving my point like and this shows the law of reciprocity the law of giving and sowing and reaping when we love to say the word or the 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 scripture a man reaps what he sows why do we think that that just has to do with good behavior and kindness that has to do with your money as well, bro? Like what you sow into being good ground, you will reap a financial harvest from it. I'm not saying it's always going to come to you financially, but that is one of the ways that you can reap. And like I said, this is very important because I just personally believe as well. You need to put your money where your mouth is like 
When you sow and when you give your money to the causes of God, you are making a covenant with God saying, Lord, my finances belong to you. You can't say that, Lord, my finances belong to you and you don't give them to him or to a vision that he has initiated through a man or a woman of God, right? Do you know that the Bible says that those that preach and labor in the word are worthy of double honor. Do you know what that word honor translates to in the scripture? It translates to wages. So, like it translates to wages, bro. And so the reason why I'm saying this is because like one of the ways that you honor your leaders is to sow into them, like to sow money into them. I sow money into my leader. And like, we have to get out of this poverty. It's a poverty mindset. Like, and you have to also remember, listen, because I'm going to be sensitive, right? And I say this, I spoke about this earlier on my podcast with one of my bros. I am a black man, okay? I did not grow up in a, uh, I did not grow up in financial hardship. I was blessed. And I know that's not everybody's story, right? I get that. And so I know that not everybody comes from, you know, wealth. I know that not everybody comes from the most feasible financial situations. But what I have to, and I'm speaking to black people for a second. I know my audience can be very diverse, but let me just speak to black people because I'm a black man and I'm not going to run from this poverty mindset that is trying to grip the black culture because it's real. When it comes to being black, right, you have to remember that regardless of us being in a nation that tries to financially oppress us and tries to keep us from succeeding. When you become one with Christ, your identity is no longer in your blackness. So the idea and the perspective that this nation is trying to put you into because you are black, you no longer have to abide by. So this is the thing for me. I am like, and and I was listening to a I was listening to a podcast, and what I what he said was so true. This guy's name is Tim Ross. He started a podcast called The Basement. And he's so dope. He said he is not just a black Christian. Like, if you want to be honest, he's it's he's not a black Christian. He's a Christian because when you put the word black in front of Christian, it's like no 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 like. Being a Christian is my identity. And the reason why is this. My flesh, my black skin on my flesh is something that is temporary. But the seal of the Holy Ghost inside of me is eternal. So when you step into an eternity mindset, you can say, regardless of what the quote unquote statistics of this world say that I am going to be because I am a black person those don't apply to me because I am a citizen of heaven now my citizenship is not even correlated with the citizenship of the United States this may be my citizenship here in the flesh but my citizenship of the of of heaven is what overrules all of it because as a people we are called to walk in the Spirit. So this whole thing comes to repentance and changing your mind and changing the way that you think. I believe that a lot of wealth 
and a lot of finances would be loose to us if we had the right perspective. Okay. A lot of people would say, Jesse, how do you say, what do you say to the people that are starving? What do you say to the people that are struggling? What do you say to the people that don't have money in their pocket? Right. And you know what I would say? I would say just because something is happening doesn't mean that it's what God wants. I didn't say it doesn't exist. I'm saying that we are to combat it. That's what I'm saying. So people will people will take situations such as people that are starving in third world countries, people that are homeless, people that don't have any money, and they'll say, okay, Jesse, if we're supposed to be wealthy people, if God wants us to prosper financially, what do you say to people that believe in God that are struggling financially? And my response would be, just because it's happening doesn't mean that it's what God wants. People still have free will. There are wicked men that have set up systems and have hoarded the money that is supposed to be spread out to other people, right? Or they're greedy, amen? So just because something is contrary to God's kingdom doesn't necessarily mean that God doesn't have another design. We have plenty of people that have premarital sex and nothing is confronted with that, right? Does that mean that that's what God wants? No. So we have to come to the perspective of sobriety and say, just because there are people that are impoverished and just because there are people that are not able to meet their own needs financially doesn't mean that that's what God desires for their life. I didn't say that it doesn't happen. I'm saying that God is not okay with it and he wants another design. And you can't tell me that he doesn't because if you look at his kingdom, it's not there. Nobody's starving in heaven. Nobody's needs are unmet in heaven. Every need in heaven is met. Tell me I'm lying. You can't because it's proven in scripture. And so if we're called to bring heaven here on earth, then we are to combat anything that is not like heaven right so amen so i understand that there are people that are struggling financially and that have been put in situations that have been initiated by systems right and cultures that have been placed in society to put certain groups and spheres of people down but that is not god's design for this world and i'm pretty sure every person under the sound of my voice would agree. So if that's the case, then why do we deny the idea that God wants his people to be financially prosperous? Hmm. A lot of the things that we want to do to shift society, they cost money. It takes wealth. It takes finances. Scripture after scripture, bro. That proves that God wants his people to be financially prosperous. There's so many, there's so much more. Like I could go on and on. What I'm saying is y'all do not receive this demonic notion that Christians are supposed to be broke and poor. No, 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 no. I'm not saying be greedy. I'm not saying Earn all of the money that you can so that you could get a bag and show off and wear Gucci. Because listen. Sorry. Because listen. 
if you if you want the money just so that you can look nice, but you're not doing anything to expand the kingdom of God, then that's not good. That's when greed and pride and arrogance could come into it. Right. But if you want the finances so that you can shift the trajectory of this world so that Jesus can be known, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's okay. And you're not less air. You're not more humble. You're not more arrogant. You're I mean, you're not more humble. You're not more modest simply because you have money in your pocket. You can live a modest life with millions in your pocket. It's possible. So we like people equate to even the whole prosperity gospel. Like, I feel like we have misinterpreted what that is. Because if we were to say that the gospel is prosperous, yes, the gospel is a prosperity message. Prosperity is not a bad thing. We use this notion that prosperity is bad. The Bible says that God wishes that we would prosper even as our soul prospers. God wants us to prosper. When people use the term prosperity gospel, they're talking about a notion that talks about you living your best life and you getting money so you could stay on private jets and in Ritz Carlton's and have all of the designer and you could just have your money and your money only affects you. And that is a demonic message. But the prosperity message of the gospel is a biblical one. It's not unbiblical for God to want us to be prosperous. It's not unbiblical for a gospel it's not unbiblical for christians to prosper the bible says jesus grew with favor and stature with god and man jesus prospered hello jesus's ministry prospered if you look at the bible it shows bro so this is like and like i said excuse me on this podcast i'm trying to keep it together but there's so much biblical evidence that overturns the idea that Christians are supposed to be poor. You tell me a parent that is a millionaire that will allow their child to be broke or that desires for their child to be broke. If there's an inheritance, the Bible says that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. An inheritance is not just values and perspective. It's also money. Amen. I'm declaring over myself that when I die, my children, my wife, my grandchildren will have bread in their pocket due to my death. Hello. It's scripture, y'all. Okay. So all in all, this is not as long as I thought it would be. But what I'm saying is don't allow this demonic notion to make you think that Christians are supposed to be poor, that Christians can't have money. We see the Muslims prospering. We see the LGBTQ com community prospering. OK, there is nothing wrong with a saved Holy Ghost filled Christian that believes that Jesus is Lord to be prospering financially. If they are using their wealth and their finances to expand the kingdom of God. Amen. So I hope this blessed you all. Okay. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.
What up, y'all? I just want to say that I appreciate each and every person that decided to listen to this latest podcast episode. I hope you were blessed and I hope you enjoyed it. There is definitely more to come. If you have not followed me on Instagram, follow me at Jesse Prada at J-E-S-S-E-P-R-O-D-A. And I will see you all on the next episode. Peace.